This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine, only on the BetQL Network. Saturday night, the one we've been waiting for, UFC 285, the return of the GOAT. John Bones Jones is back, taking on Cyril Gon for the heavyweight belt. So we got to bring in friend of the show, Marcel Dorf. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter, at BigMarcel24. No reason to bury the lead, man. Who you like in this fight? First of all, thank you for having me on again. It's always a pleasure. Um, yeah, I, I I I feel like going with Jones. You know, I feel like going with Jones, and uh, just for for the simple fact that I think he's he's more complete. You know what I mean? It's like it's a it's a it's a big uh, question mark. Obviously, he's been away for three years. He's going from light heavyweight to heavyweight. How well is uh, uh, how do you say that? How will he tra- transfer from light heavyweight to heavyweight? We will we won't know. You know, but man. The guy is such a legend, you know. He has done it all at light heavyweight. He's d- defeated everybody over there, you know. And at a certain moment in his uh, in his career, uh, I feel like he was kind of getting bored by taking on d- new contenders, you know. And uh, he was pretty much like there is no uh, how do you, no challenge for him, you know, at light heavyweight. And then now at heavyweight, I feel like he is he, he feels challenged. He knows there is something to get there. He can implement his his name actually even more into legacy with the second belt, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I feel like the combination of the striking and combined with the takedowns in the ground game will get them to the victory. And uh, I don't think that we'll see a finish maybe, but I'll go with the decision win for uh, John Bones Jones. How have you uh, felt in the lead up to this, Marcel? Because uh, I know Sean and I discussed this on the show last week. He was skeptical of Jones and I, I, I was always on the side of like, I just am going to go with the greatest of all time. I don't, I, I know that I, I feel better about that than surreal God, who we just saw in the championship fight struggle with, uh, especially with, uh, with, uh, with, with Francis uh, wrestling him. And we didn't know Francis is a wrestler, but um, have you leaned more to John as the fight's gotten closer? Was there skepticism? And then you're just like, listen, I'm just going to go on greatness. And that's, and that's what you go with. Like, how have you felt since we knew John was going to come back to fight week? I honestly tell you, in the beginning, when this, uh, when I thought uh, about Jones and Gan, I was more like maybe Gan, you know, because Gan is more active, you know, and it's a natural heavyweight, you know, is very good at keeping distance, picking his shots. Uh, 
we saw he has a chin against Tai Tuivasa. Many of uh, many people would be put away by that punch against Tai Tuivasa. The thing is, Joe's diff different kind of guy. You know, if you fight, for example, Ngannou, many people will take in consideration Ngannou was able to control him for two and a half rounds, the last two and a half rounds of the of the fight. At the same time, John isn't the kind of guy who is like. Uh, the strong top heavy wrestler in my opinion he's more technical on the ground you know so it's a different fight than from Nganu but at the same time I feel like John has more uh, options on the ground where Nganu was pure on strength keeping Surreal down and winning the round but besides then uh, stopping him or uh, knocking him out or submitting him you know and that's what Gan said as well man he feels more like uh, when I fight Jones I have to be more uh, uh, have to be watch out more for submissions or for getting punched if I'm on the ground up for Nganu was really trying to win the three rounds to getting the decision win at that moment. So um, leading to the fight, I went more on Jones' side. I got to tell you in the beginning, like I said, when I was announced, I was more on Gan's side. But if you compare the two guys to each other, I feel like Jones has, has a high IQ level of a fighter, you know? And I know Gan has as well, but Jones has more options in my opinion in this fight. And maybe I'm wrong, you know. We we will see, man, how, how far the fight goes. Because maybe how further the fight goes, maybe John got some cardio issues at heavyweight. We don't know that, for example, you know. But I I can say that because we haven't seen it. So for me, I have to go with the guy who I feel more comfortable with picking here. And that's Jones because he got more options. He can mix in the takedowns. He can mix in his ground game. Uh, he can do the stand-up. But with stand-up will be actually different this time because he doesn't have that huge reach advantage that normally has at light heavyweight which he also didn't have for example against dominic reyes or uh, uh tiago santos and he struggled a little bit more against the guys so i really i'm really uh looking forward to this fight there's a lot of question marks but yeah i still i'm still siding with jones in this one talk a little fighting here with marcel dorf on tapped out man brilliant minds think alike like i was thinking exactly like you did at first i was like oh it's a long layoff for john and Gon is younger and he's in great shape. And then the closer we get to the fight, I'm like, yeah, I feel a little bit more comfortable actually putting my money on John Jones. How much do you think John needs to win this particular fight to remain in everybody's eyes the greatest of all time? I'm asking a legacy question. What happens if he wins versus he loses? Yeah, I, I feel like it, it, let, let's go first with the, with the positive. If he wins, it puts him. Yeah, right on top. Definitely in the UFC, for example. You know, it puts him right on top. And, and MMA in general, in my opinion, you know. For me, he's already into the top five. And people can, can say he's the greatest of all time. I don't matter. Because I think you have uh, legitimate arguments to put him there, you know. So I have no problem with that. And I think he's, he will stay that. If he loses here, he will still be considered one of the very best ever. You know, but that will be like a little bit kind of an asterisk, like he went trying to heavyweight and he didn't make it. You know what I mean? But um, on the other hand, man, he has done so much great. Man has been in 15 title fights and he actually won 15, but he got one overturned in a no contest. So it's like, that's crazy. You know, he got 11 title defenses on two different uh, runs. I think eight on one run and, and three on the on the second run. It's crazy, man. This this man has dominated light heavyweight when he was there, you know. And uh, to see him finally making that heavyweight jump, because this been in the talk for ten years, you know. I I saw a, a, I did I say that I saw a message like ten from ten years ago on my timeline where John was like, I might go to heavyweight. So we finally in two thousand twenty three we're gonna see him at heavyweight. I'm really looking forward to it, man. And I think 
Uh, his legacy will be only getting bigger if he gets the win here. It 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 will be huge. You know, he's already uh, implemented this name into MMA history. Will only become bigger guy here in this one, I think. Marcel on the co-main event, uh, Valentina Shevchenko, Alexa Grasso. We've seen a lot of long-reigning champions get knocked off recently. Uh, Valentina was close last time around, but uh, is Alexa the one who can who can get it over the goal line? Can she? Can she? Do you see any way where she can get her hand raised on on Saturday night over Valentina? All respect to Alexa, but I'd be I would be surprised to be really honest. You know, um, I feel like. If you compare the two with each other, listen, man, Alexa has been in a great run, four-fight win, win streak at flyweight, undefeated since coming to flyweight. But, man, I mean, there is such a level gap between some of the girls and Valentina Shevchenko. And I think Grosso is a really fun fighter to watch. Her, her boxing is really good, you know. And her ground game is getting better, but it's not at the level as, like, as a Valentina, for example, you know. Although Valentina is more of a Muay Thai fighter as well, you know, as as of a ground fighter, but she's a combined mixed martial artist. You saw with Jessica Andrade when people say this can be difficult because maybe Jessica takes her to the ground. <laughs> that she destroyed Jessica on the ground. Remember when she fought Juliana Pena back in the day, you know, when everybody was like, if this hits the ground, it can be difficult for Valentina and then Valentina submits her. So it's like she's just a complete package in my opinion and she can become, uh, she can get her eighth title defense and that's crazy. She can be the first uh, person you see to get that uh, that belt buckle full with eight rubies, you know, yeah, that's, that, that, that's crazy. So, uh, yeah, she is really good, and I think there are a lot of talented women coming up into flyweight. So it will be very interesting. But now nah, I'm I'm signing Shevchenko here. If if Shevchenko does retain, uh, who beats her? Does Aaron Blanchfield even have a chance? I know uh, the, uh, the Amanda or Amanda as Amanda I say. Does she get a chance? Does, do you think she'll ever get a crack at Amanda again? Honestly, I think, listen, man, if she, if she wins against Grasso, I would say she deserves to get another chance at Amanda. The only thing is, does Amanda really wants to fight her for a third time? Is there anything right. to win for Amanda in that fight? That That's the real thing, you know? So I have no idea if we're ever going to see it. I would love to see it, for example. As much as I also love to see her fighting Aaron Blanchfield, at the same time, Aaron Blanchfield's still super young, so they they pretty much fast tracked her by the by that fight against Andras. So they knew if if she beat Andras, that's probably the next fight for her. But what I would like to see, I would like to see if Valentina gets past Grasso, do the third fight with Amanda, and you can, for example, do Blanchfield against Manon Fioro in the main event five rounder for fight night, and the winner of that fight fights Valentina. So. I would like that, for example, you know, because you get Valentina, get Valentina the chance to fight a third time against Amanda. And we all know those two fights, definitely the second one was super close. The first one was for Amanda, but the second one was super close. So I would love to see a third one uh, for Blanchfield and, uh, and Fioro. Fioro has been said many times, I want to fight a main event five rounder before I fight for a title. And I think for Blanchfield is perfect as well. So then you get a contender there, you get... Valentina, her fight for a bantamweight tie, for a bantamweight gold. It's great, you know. You can uh, you can go m many ways. So uh, yeah, that's how I think about it. Not that you asked Marcel, but if we saw that fight, I think I gotta take Valentina. It feels like she's got a little bit more gas left in the tank, a little bit more still want to than Amanda. We're talking a little fighting with Marcel Dor. You can follow him on Twitter at Big Marcel Twenty Four, as if he needs more Twitter followers. He's got like a billion and a half of them already. Um, Bo Nickel is coming on the show today. What do you think his ceiling is? I assume you're taking him on Saturday night. Bro, right now he's a minus 2,000. 
listen, man, I mean, even my family members who don't know Bo Nickel will take him in this fight. I mean, <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, easily I take him here, man. And there's no disrespect to Jamie Pickett, but Bo Nickel is such a big talent, man. We saw him in the contender series. He blasting to his opponent, Zach Borrego and uh, Donovan Beard. He fought and Donovan Beard is the CFFC champion. So he's a re pretty good regional guy. And he just defeated him in one minute without any problem. So uh, he's fighting Jamie Pickett here, opener of the of the pay-per-view, right? Perfect spot, man, for Bo Nickel. Can show his uh, how good he is. And I think, to be honest, man, if he gets past Jamie Pickett easily, which I expect, to be honest, he should be getting already a step up against a top 15 guy in the division. That's how I see it. I think Bo Nickel is really good, you know? And let's be honest, man. Under the top 15, who do we see Bo Nickel lose against, man? I, I don't see it. You know, he's that good, you know? His ground game is that good. I think his striking is good as well, you know? So I really want to see him getting that next step. And that's crazy because he's only 3-0 so far. So, yeah, we'll see. But I I'm high on him. I think he submits him in the first round. Yeah. Uh, another prospect. He's not even really a prospect. He's just kind of like an unsung contender is, is Shavkat Rachmanov. He doesn't get like uh, probably the hype that he he should, Marcel. But like you know, what what can people who haven't maybe gotten onto that hype train yet expect from him? And he's got a you know he's taking on a durable guy in Jeff Neal, who's you know certainly been around for a while. This fight was on off, but uh, if Rachmanov goes out there and 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 has his best night, like what you know does Jeff Neal have any type of of chance against him? I think Jeff Neal is getting better as well, you know. So I, I think there will be a fun fight. But the thing is, man, Shafkat, I think he's 16 and 0 with eight eight subs and eight knockouts. So dude is really good. I already liked him when he was an M1 when he went to the UFC, but he went a lot better actually, you know, training at Killcliffe. I mean, he he's gotten significantly significantly better, you know, than he was even before. And uh fighting Neil, I think he has an advantage against Neil on the ground for sure, you know. Um, if you look at the stand-up, I think both guys can can match each other in the stand-up. And the thing is with Jeff Neal, Jeff Neal on a good night is a very tough task for everybody to take. We saw it, for example, a couple of years ago against Bilal Muhammad. You know, Je Jeff won that fight, actually, and you see where Bilal is now, you know. Um, and Jeff has knockout power, you know. We saw that before, so he can... He, he can surprise here, you know. I'm on Shafkat on this one because I'm really high on the dude, you know. I think he's really good, but Jeff is a good fighter, so that's what intrigues me. This fight really is like this can be an absolute banger if 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 both guys uh, fight to their potential and don't get knocked out or whatever or get stopped. This can be a fight of the night, man. That that's how good this fight is, actually. You know, so I'm really looking forward to this. I like I said, I'm picking Shafkat here, but uh, Jeff Neal can make it a tough fight. Definitely, it's a it's a great test. This whole card is really good. UFC 285 on Saturday night. We're breaking it down top to bottom with Marcel Dorf here on Tapped Out. So let's say that you're you're stuck in Las Vegas and you're trying to, you know, get a bus home, get a little bit of money in your account. Who are you going to lay it down on Saturday night? Would you put it down on Matisse Gamrot, Jalen Turner? You can put it down on Cody Garbrandt or Trevin Jones or Derek Brunson or Drakus Duplessis. You take your pick. Which one do you feel best about on Saturday night? I feel pretty good about Mateusz Gamrot, man, to be really honest, you know. I think, uh, for example, Jalen Turner has become really good in the UFC. 
uh, legit guy, good on the ground, solid stand-up. But Mateusz Gawrot, man, I've been having my eyes on him for years. You know, in KSW, was a double champion. He's really good. His ground game is really technical, and his, tr his striking is really good as well, you know. And I think he has a ground advantage against Turner, you know. I think the striking will be difficult. You know, Turner is a very long guy, very lanky guy, big guy for lightweight, you know. But uh, on the ground, I favor Gamrot, actually. So, uh for, uh, on those three fights, I'm definitely favoring Gambrot here in this fight because the other two are really question marks to me, for example. You know, it's like, if I can talk about the other two fights you are just asking, uh, Cody against Trevin. You know, Cody is like really a big question mark here, man. Uh, does his chin hold up? And if his chin hold up, I think he's technically better than, than, than Trevin Jones. So I think he can get a decision win. But does his chin hold up? That, that's the whole issue, you know. If he gets hit on the chin, he can be getting knocked out. Uh, for Drake is the Plessis against Derek Brunson. We both saw, we always see that Drake is the Plessis in his fights get gassed after a certain amount of time, you know? And we saw that with Derek as well against Jared Cannonier, but I felt like he, 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 how do you say that? Um, he punched himself pretty, pretty much out in the first round. He completely gassed himself out. But normally Derek has a good third round, I feel like. And with Drake is this, he should finish that fight. If he doesn't finish that fight, he can get in trouble in the later rounds, I feel like, you know? So for me, both of those fights are question marks, and I'm just very uh, confident in Matej Gamrot to get this to get this done. So that's why I would pick Gamrot out of the three fights. Marcel, spinning it back to the uh, the main event. John, let's say John wins. What do you think happens next? I imagine Francis is in Vegas. I imagine he's going to be in the building, even if he doesn't, if he's not under contract. I think it'd be silly for him not to be there. Does does John call out Francis and say, hey, let's get this on? And then Francis does have his triumphant return to the UFC. Because I, I don't know. I don't see this boxing stuff happening. I don't being a, a, a boxer. I just don't see anything really steaming up there. Um, does he take on Stipe? Like, what do you think is the next path for, for John Jones after winning this fight? Yeah, I feel like the most obvious thing probably is fighting Stipe. You know, listen, man, we can get Francis maybe back, but... UFC has to pay a, a pretty big amount of money to get him back, I think, you know, and grant him some wishes. And we all know UFC is pretty proud, you know, and France is also proud. So they won't let it go, probably. They're like, they will stand by their thoughts, you know. So I would be shocked if he comes back, you know. And then, listen, man, if he comes back, it's pretty weird, you know, because now you have a title fight for the vacant title and then he comes back. So actually <laughs> you're fighting like with the guy who was actually the champ, you know? <laughs> so uh, then it pretty much devalues this fight. It, it kind of feels like an interim title fight if he comes back, you know, if that happens, you know? But uh, I would be surprised if that happens, but you never know, obviously. But I think the most uh, obvious thing the UFC probably is going to do is put Stipe in there. That's what I think they're going to do. Let, but, me give uh, you my let me give you my wacky one, all right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. here we go. Buckle up. Gets his hand raised. He points over at the broadcast booth and says, DC, let's do it again. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. DC oh, coming out of retirement and then do that one again. Imagine, okay. imagine DC interview, gonna interview him afterwards, and he's like, "DC, should we do a third time?" 
It would be unbelievable, but I think that DC's pretty much done. Hey, uh, real yeah. quick, Marcel, before you get out of here, now that we know it's going to be McGregor taking on Michael Chandler, who do you have in that fight? Yeah, that's different, difficult as well, man. And that's the, the really thing like um, Henry Hooft, who is Michael Chandler's coach at Killcliffe, he always says to Michael, the kiss principle, think about the kiss principle, and that's keep it simple, stupid, you know? And that means this. That means that he should actually wrestle in that fight against McGregor because that's his basic, and that's where he's good at, you know. But we all know Chandler. Chandler loves to stand and bang, get into these uh, crazy fights, you know, into these fight of the year contenders. He loves that. So, what can we expect, you know? If, if there is always a possibility that Connor gets one good shot and knocks him out, there's a possibility. If Chandler fights a good fight and Connor fights a good fight. I think Chandler should be able to win the fight because I feel like he's more overall a better fighter. You know, he, he can wrestle, he can uh, do jiu-jitsu, he can fight stand-up, you know. And for Connor, it's really like keep the fight standing and try to knock him out or to uh, to put on some combinations and to land a, land a knockout punch at the end of it. That's pretty much how I see it, you know, but... That's why we don't know. That's also why it's an intriguing fight because it can go that way. It can go this way. This way, I would take Chandler if you have to. Uh, if if you ask me for a pick, but uh, I can see it go both ways. Marcel Dorf, great information when it comes to fighting. You can follow him on Twitter at Big Marcel Twenty Four. Enjoy the fights, man. It's finally here. John Jones is back. We'll do it again soon, man. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me, guys, and enjoy the fights as well on Saturday night. Thank you.